0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for returning for another segment of Health Professional Radio. We'll be speaking with returning guest, Dr. Roy Hurst. He's joining us here from Yale School of Medicine. He's also the primary investigator of the Adora Phase 3 trial. He's going to talk about some positive results from this Phase 3 trial. Welcome back, Roy. How have you been?
1: I've been well. Uh, How about you?
0: Doing well, doing well. Glad that you could take some time this morning and come back. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with you as a contributor, give us a a brief look into your professional background, if you would.
1: Oh, Thanks. Well, I'm the Deputy Director here at Yale Cancer Center in New Haven, Connecticut. I also work in the Dean's Office on on translational research projects, and uh, I'm the Assistant Dean for Translational Research. Uh, My career has been focused on translational research in cancer, mostly lung cancer. Uh, I've been doing that for about 25 years, and... It's been great to see the field evolve, and that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about being part of this ADORA study with uh, the phenomenal results that were just presented.
0: Well, explain to us the purpose of the ADORA study and the significance of the uh, overall survival data for patients.
1: Well, you know, for many years, you know, we've, we've been trying to raise the bar in the treatment of lung cancer, and we have. If you look at the American Cancer Society statistics, you see that survival is improving in lung cancer, and part of that is new targeted therapies and immunotherapy, and part of it is uh, screening and early detection and smoking prevention. But what we've never done and we, uh, until now is put it all together. So what the Adura trial does <clears throat> is it helps to find patients early with early-stage lung cancer, cancers that are stage 1, 2, or 3, that can be cut out, resected by a surgeon. But we know that even after you, you cut those tumors out, there can still be a reasonably high chance that the cancer comes back because lung cancer... is is so invasive and tends to go to the liver, the lung, the the bones, other other areas. And we actually know that even in stage one disease, 30 to 40 percent might recur in five years, and in stage three disease, as many as 80 percent. So we always have been trying to do better, and we we, we have uh, added into surgery uh, what we call adjuvant chemotherapy, and chemotherapy has a very small benefit, but it does have a benefit uh, in certain patients. But until now, um, we needed more, and... um, Everyone thought, what about those patients that we identify early with epidermal growth factor receptor mutations? And that's about 10 to 40% of patients, depending where you live, uh, about 10% here in the U.S., here in New Haven, maybe about 30 40% if you go to uh, Beijing, you know, in China or Tokyo, in Asian populations. But if we can find those patients who have the EGFR gene mutation, which was actually described almost 20 years ago, we know we have good drugs for that. We have osimertinib a third-generation drug that's highly targeted, specific. uh, The side effects are minimal. We can give it for two to three years, in this case, three years. Why don't we test to see if when we take those patients who have that particular driver of their lung cancer, what about adding azimertinib to that mix? And that was what the Adura trial was. It was adding azimertinib or a placebo because there was no additional therapy offered to these patients to see if there would be an improvement first in disease-free survival and then in survival.
0: What is the barrier preventing early detection of these patients? Um, Is it that they don't seek treatment, they're not aware of the symptoms, or they're misdiagnosed time and time again? What is the big barrier in identifying these patients early?
1: Well, in in lung cancer, symptoms usually don't arise until things have progressed to a a stage that sometimes makes it um, unresectable. You can't cut it out. Um, Certainly in in our patients, um, screening could help. You know, only 5% of patients who are eligible for screening um, get it. You know, one of the problems here with the EGFR mutant lung cancer is it tends, in in many cases, to occur in people who have not smoked, who have had a light smoking history. So they actually wouldn't qualify for the screening guidelines as we have them now. So we're going to have to sort of look at that, you know, in the future. But the other thing that prevents this type of work from happening is that, at the first diagnosis, the patient needs to see a specialist uh, and someone who will know we need to screen and profile the tumor for the different genetic mutations, who will know that we need to think about multimodality therapy? Know that we need to have a tumor board. But um, you know, well, hopefully, we find as many cancers as early as possible. People will, you know, a lot of times they're incidental. You know, people are are, are getting you know a surgery for some other reason. They might be getting a cardiac scan to you know, evaluate their cardiac uh, ar- their, cardi- uh, their artery status, and so forth. And then these are found. But when they are found, we need to act on them and act on them in this multimodality way. And now, as I'll tell you, we have osomertinib as a new weapon against this disease.
0: We'll talk about some of the positive results of the ADURA trial.
1: Well, you know, so we presented this trial. um, Actually, this is the second plenary presentation at ASCO on June 4th. It was first presented three years ago. The trial was started almost a decade ago. And uh, with a lot of forethought, we we thought, why not use this uh, osomertinib as an adjuvant after people have had the best standard of care, for a completely resected stage one to three, a non cell lung cancer. Um, patients got the best standard of care, so about 60% of them got chemotherapy. That was a choice be- made between the physician and the patient. And then the patients were randomized to be assumertative for three years or a placebo. Three years ago, we showed that disease-free survival, meaning the tumor not per- uh, recurring, was incredibly uh, uh, improved with a hazard ratio of 0.17, meaning there was an 83% improvement Uh, in in, in that result. It was just updated um, um, uh, recently, and uh, in patients with stage 1, 2, and 3 disease, the hazard ratio was 0.27, or uh, a 73% improvement in disease-free survival, meaning patients were 73% less likely to recur um, uh, in this trial. And uh, actually, we showed that much of that was in the brain, so it prevented the, the, the tumor from going to the brain. And these data resulted in the drug being approved in many uh, countries around the world. We use it here in the US as a regular standard of care. However, many were still skeptical. They said, this is an adjuvant trial. It's patients who have had surgery. Does this improve survival? So lo and behold, that's what was presented in the last month. And we actually had those data and presented those. And in patients, uh, in the, what we call the primary endpoint, patients with stage two and three disease, um, the improvement in survival was 51% improved. So there's a 51% uh, uh, decrease in, in, in the risk of death when you got the asimertinib. Just to give you a, a landmark, at, at, at five years, and the median follow-up was about five years, 85% of patients were alive if they got the asimertinib as an adjuvant therapy versus 73 who did not. And if you look at the survival curves, it's quite obvious you don't need to be a statistician to see if there's a difference between the two groups. And then if you add in the stage one patients, you'll see know, the secondary analysis, um, the result remains the same. Uh, what we call the hazard ratio remains 0.49, or a 51% improvement in survival again. And at five years, it's 88% for the osimertinib versus 78% for the placebo. So, wow, you know, in in, in this setting, you know, a small uh, part of lung cancer, patients with resected disease who have the EGFR mutation who get the drug, survival is being improved. So that was uh, what we presented. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, simultaneously at the ASCO meeting as we were giving the presentation. We also updated the safety data, which showed that for the most part, this drug was well tolerated over three years. Uh, no one uh, died as a result of the drug. Uh, there, are, there are going to be when you give a drug versus nothing, you know, a few more incidences of a rash and some GI issues. Um, and actually I take care of this every day in the clinic myself, all manageable. And um, worse, in my opinion, uh, that small inconvenience and, of course, taking a pill every day uh, versus uh, the improvement in survival. So that, that was really the, the crux of it. We, we did look at some subgroups. Now, the subgroups are subgroups of the overall survival, which was already a secondary analysis of the trial. But for the most part, all the point estimates in the subgroups, whether it be sex, age, smoking history, yes or no, race, about two-thirds of these patients, there were um, uh, almost 700 patients enrolled in the trial, about two-thirds were in Asia, but we saw the same results in both Asia and non-Asia. In fact, the, the results looked even better in the non-Asian population. Um, all stages benefited equally. There were about a third of the patients were stage 1B. A third were page, uh, stage 2. A third were stage 3A. All three benefited. Um, there were two EGFR mutations out in this trial. The canonical mutations, as we call them, exon 19 deletion or L858R, which is an exon 21, both benefited. As did uh, patients who either received the active chemotherapy or not. So really, a very a very nice result, you know, that offers new hope and, and new options for people uh, with uh, lung cancer that's been resected who have the EGFR gene mutation.
0: Talk about any follow up studies or activities surrounding Tagrisso.
1: Oh, the, the follow up is enormous. Now, uh, you know, why couldn't the same approach be used in patients who don't have surgery who get chemotherapy and radiation combination for their disease? And there's a trial called LORA, which is ongoing to test that. Hopefully, we will hear those data in the not-too-distant future. Then, of course, we include patients who had stage 1B tumors. What about tumors that are even smaller, you know, less than 3 centimeters, stage 1A tumors? Well, there's a trial called ADORA-2 that's ongoing now around the world that's looking at that. And then there's a third trial, which I think is very important, and it gets to my last point, called TARGET. And Target's a trial that's giving the asimertative for five years. We gave it for three years in our study. The big question remains, how long do you need to give this drug? I believe that we need to use molecular biology to help us with this. We can measure uh, tumor DNA in the blood, and each day, uh, uh, the, the, the sensitivity of those tests get better and better. Some patients might have needed more a uh, uh, submersive in this study, and some might have needed yet less. So um, to explore that, there's a trial now giving five years of therapy. It's a, it's a single-arm trial. And as we did in this trial, and those data will hopefully be available sometime in the next year, we're getting blood specimens to look at circulating tumor DNA to understand when do patients become recurrent, why, and what do we do next. Because, again, we always, as oncologists, as medical professionals working in this field, we have to raise the bar. But I'll tell you, for me, having done this over 25 years, the fact that we're taking our best uh, targeted therapy, osimertinib, best drug in class, most potent, least toxic, gets to the brain, Combining it with the best standard of care, chemotherapy, surgery uh, in early stage patients with great supportive care, we're seeing the survival benefit. This is a paradigm that I think we'll, we'll see more and more in the years to come. Some of the other targeted agents that are used in lung cancer, trials are already ongoing. Okay. It's discussed at tumor boards how to use those drugs as well. So all, all, all steps in the right direction to raise the bar against this very uh, difficult-to-treat disease.
0: Roy, always a pleasure. Always lots of great information. Thank you so much for giving us this update. I'm looking forward to our next conversation as these trials continue. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host. Neil Howard in conversation with returning guest Dr. Roy Hurst. Audio copies of this program are available at healthprofessionalradio.com.au, also at Anchor Spotify, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com Health Professional Radio.